Conference of Champions rolls on. No truck stops here. We are the Pac-12. We are the best of the best. Welcome to No Truck Stops, a Pac-12 podcast. I'm Avery, and I'm here with Carlos. Welcome back, Avery. Hope the pigs treated you well. Yeah, I survived. Greg. Hey. And Matthew Burton. How have you guys been doing this two-day shit? Full team here, finally. Uh, I don't do very much so with tired. my time. So. <laughs> Avery, uh, did you actually get attacked by pigs? No, I wish I would have preferred that. <laughs> so you're a pig. Have you ever been attacked by a pig? Because because you're a pig farmer. Um, like they can. None of the pigs I dealt with attacked me. I've had them bite me before. They hurts. bite. They bite. They have sharp teeth. I have a, I have a scar on my thumb. You probably can't see it over Zoom, but that's from <laughs> or or on a podcast. <laughs> or on a podcast. It's a visual medium. Yes. I'll post a picture on. The- <laughs> Just kidding. I won't. My thumbs are gross. I have like a really big scar on my thumb from. I was feeding a pig a marshmallow, and it bit me. They it was eat marshmallows? <laughs> oh, yeah. They love Nilla wafers, marshmallows, Oreos. So they love that shit. So they're three years old. Yeah, they are. They have like awesome. the intelligence of a three-year-old. <laughs> but yeah, no pigs have attacked me. Can we go back to your criteria for a gross thumb? I mean, I have like, my nails are kind of uneven right now. I, I chew my nails. It's really bad habit that I've been trying to break for like eight years, but. Who cares? My cuticles Fine. are better now, though, Carlos. <laughs> yeah, one time. Uh, yeah, uh, one time Avery posted a picture. Of, I forget. I don't even remember what it was, but your thumb. I was think in I was it. holding something. Yes, and then I, you posted it in the group chat, or no, you posted it on Twitter, and then I asked the group chat. It's funny because I only asked with just that tweet there. I only asked, "Does anyone have any cuticle cream?" And you knew immediately without me saying anything else. You said. Don't say anything about my thumb, and then I, think I posted I, the tweet. I think, I, yeah, I think I sent the, <laughs> I sent the, don't say anything about my thumb before you sent the cuticle yes. cream thing. Oh, did you? I, I, yeah, or like it, I meant to send it before you did, because I didn't. <laughs> I'm very insecure about it. It's it's bad. It's gotten better, but anyways, Good. welcome, anyway. welcome to our uh, podcast where we talk about fingernails to start off. Okay, segment zero. First off, we're going to flip some stuff here and take a quick chuck stop to talk about some news. I, I haven't heard that music in a while. Segment zero, but... <laughs> you weren't, you weren't. That's literally just for us. <laughs> I know. You, it just barely got put in the notes, so I wasn't ready for this. Anyways, um, some behind the scenes. The Sun Bowl has been hit by COVID-19. Washington State was set to play Miami and El Paso on New Year's Eve, but Miami was hit by coronavirus, or they're afraid of the Pac-12, so they had to pull out, and now Wazoo plays Central Michigan, who was supposed to play in the Arizona Bowl. Any quick thoughts about this, Greg? Good for, I think this is a win for America because uh, the Barstool Bowl no longer has anyone to play in. And, uh, you know, we all win when that happens. And I'm also happy that Wazoo gets to cap off the season with a bowl game that should hopefully be winnable. Not quite as ex- not quite as exciting as Miami would have been, but a bowl game is a bowl game. Yeah, I would have been really mad if Washington State didn't get to play their bowl game. Um, I really liked watching Washington State play the latter half of the season. And again, anytime Barstool Sports loses, um, the world wins. So, mm-hmm. 
Yep, full agree. Um, not talking enough about how Miami is ducking Wazoo, though. That's correct. Ever means. since Cristobal took over Miami, suddenly he doesn't want to play any Pac-12 teams. Uh, Mario knows you can't beat Wazoo twice yeah, in one season. Well, you know. Yeah, and he had to get out of there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, totally understandable. He was afraid. Uh, yeah, fuck Barstool. I mean, I don't know if you if you don't know anything about Barstool and you're just like, why do these people hate Barstool? Just search up Barstool sexist on uh, Google or Barstool racist or Barstool homophobic. Uh, just hit any of the major keywords there that uh, you would normally try to identify someone as a bigot. And uh, plenty of stuff will come up about Barstool. They're horrible. Dave Portnoy is a piece of shit. I'm glad his bowl game is not happening. And uh, Mario Cristobal, once again, ducking the Pac-12. We just had to reiterate that one more time. All my thoughts about it. Okay, cool. That's all for our truck stop. Uh, we have some minor coaching news, so let's... That's all for the episode. That's all. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that was it. Now we're done. <laughs> um, we have some minor coaching staff news, so let's talk about that with a little game of win or loss. The rule is simple. I'm going to give you a staff moves from around the Pac-12, and you're going to tell me if it's a win or a loss for the team that made the hire. First up, Oregon has hired Colorado defensive back coach Demetric Martin and current Steelers O-line coach Adrian Clem for the same roles. Also, Oregon hired Jaguars defensive line and former Pac-12 sleazeball Tosh Lupoy on their defensive as their defensive coordinator. All, <clears throat> excuse me, gosh, I'm so bad at this. All have had a few stints <laughs> around the Pac-12. Carlos, let's start with you. Is this a win or a loss, or do you not know or care about these people? Uh, yeah, I've been fighting with Oregon fans for the better part of a week and saying these are all elite recruiters, well-known recruiters, and none of them is known as a good coach. Literally no one on their staff is hey, known Dan to Lanning. be a good coach. Dan Lanning, okay. I guess again, he's not Dan known Lanning to has... be a good coach. We just don't know that he's bad. Yeah. I mean, he, he means he's he might probably be... better than Mario Cristobal. Maybe he's, he's better probably than, I mean... a good coach. <laughs> yeah. I mean, an unknown is better, I think. I think having an mm-hmm. unknown young guy might be better than what Mario Cristobal was doing. But I don't think he's known as a good coach. I think he's known as an elite recruiter. There's nothing wrong with that. Adrian Clem, Horrific offensive line coach from his time at UCLA that I know of. I went back and looked, and the Steelers have one of the the Pittsburgh Steelers have one of the six worst offensive lines in the NFL. How long has he been with PFF? the Steelers? Uh, two years, I think. Yeah, since he got yeah. the show cause, I think. Yeah, since he got the show cause, he's kind of been so bouncing since around. The Steelers offensive line has been complete ass. Yeah. Yeah. It, it used to be good before that. So, yeah. Granted, they're blocking for an actual potato, yeah. but <laughs> they can't even roll. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, Demetrius Martin, I think, also not. I mean, UCLA from his time at UCLA did not do particularly well with defensive backs. Uh, another elite recruiter, though, just like Andrew and Clem, and then Tosh Lupoy, the one of the biggest names in recruiting when he was in college football uh, and also known for being very dirty and sleazy, which is why I wrote that in there for us. Um, also an elite recruiter and uh, not not particularly known for his defenses. In fact, I kind of went and looked up to confirm from his time as Alabama's defensive coordinator from like 2018 and uh, people on Reddit, Alabama fans were on Reddit, were like, yeah, it's fine. I mean, he was probably one of the worst defensive coordinators, maybe the worst defensive coordinator that Nick Saban has ever had. So uh, I just, I think this is, I don't know if it's a win or loss. I would say it's a win just because clearly what they're going for is just having insane recruiting. They want to recruit at a top five level. I totally think with the staff they could. Um, but, you know, beyond that, they're not going to be well coached. They're going to be very good at uh, wasting talent. And maybe that's enough to get them eight and four every year. Like maybe that's our floor with the talent they have. I mean, in this conference, 
a lot of yeah. talent can get you places. So yeah, yeah, and this is just this is just further proof of of really pushing for the national uh, recruiting and national reach on at all. I liked what uh, Brian Floyd on Twitter said. Uh, I think he said that Oregon was assembling a staff of show cause all stars, which <laughs> in today's in today's day and age uh, can be a very a very successful strategy with NIL. Like, no more show cause. Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think, I guess this is better than what I feared they would do. Like, I think the staff they have now is better than if they'd hired Justin Wilcox or Chip Kelly. But <laughs> I also it's wish... It's a low bar. Yeah, it's a low On bar. I wish they could have done better with the staff around Lanning. Don't think you need that many guys whose entire whose entire mo is just recruiting like i think i think you can do better but whatever it could definitely work really really well because they'll have really really good teams yeah we'll see how that goes with lincoln riley in the south now that's probably why they saw lincoln riley and were like mm-hmm. fuck like, <laughs> yeah probably probably this. we can't out scheme him let's <laughs> just all in on recruiting all right, Arizona hired away UCLA's D-line coach, Johnny Nansen, to take over their defensive coordinator gig and also hired away UCLA's linebackers coach, Jason Kafusi for the same position. Carlos, get us started. Win or loss? Uh, I'm going to say win just because I think uh, you, Johnny Nansen, from what I had been hearing in UCLA circles, maybe uh, their best recruiter, probably. Um, Jason Kafusi, also one of their best recruiters, probably their two best recruiters. And, uh, anytime you can sort of hamper the recruiting ability of a, of an in-conference in-division rival, always a good thing, especially for Arizona, like, uh, Oregon strategy of, of going all in on recruiting. Arizona desperately needs that just because of the talent level that Kevin Sumlin left behind and that Jetfish has to deal with. Um, Arizona's recruiting class, shockingly good. For what they did this year, going one and eleven, um, I don't know. I mean, I don't really know much about uh, John. I I think UCLA fans, some of them think that Johnny Nansen is genuinely a good defensive line coach. That UCLA's defense. I mean, I I don't know if defensive lines have improved over time, mostly because like I, I was not impressed with this UCLA defensive line, and maybe that was a talent thing. So, uh, and UCLA's linebackers have kind of, I, I mean, they've been kind of middling, but again, I don't know how much of that is talent and how much of that is Jason Kafusi. So, um, either way, they got two great recruiters and they hired, th- this is a win for Arizona, a loss for UCLA, just because those are your two best recruiters. And also they left for, uh, Jason Kafusi left for the same position. So it's almost like he took a demotion to go to Arizona, which makes me wonder about what UCLA is and what that defensive staff is at this point. But I don't know. I'd say win for Arizona at least. Yeah, I don't, I don't feel super strongly, but I think, I think it's a win. But I just don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not Agreed. a UCLA fan, so Carlos sounds great. Good for Arizona. <laughs> yep. Matt could not give a shit. (laughs) In the slightest. (laughs) All right, next one, I guess. And finally, the last one we'll talk about, UW's Kalen DeBoer added two Fresno State colleagues in Julius Brown as DB coach and Ryan Grubb, who has an incredible name, who was DeBoer's offensive coordinator at Fresno State. Matt, win or loss to go with continuity, continuity, oh my gosh, and bring over (laughs) some staff from Fresno. I... (laughs) 
I I don't know. I I really um I I get the idea of bring your staff with you and try to have as much of the same offense and as much of the same, you know, philosophies and and really culture. I I think that the biggest thing here is it really just is probably more of a reaction to how bad things were in Washington under Lake and how much things had deteriorated. I think I said that word right. Um, and and just it, it this feels like really DeBoer getting in there and feeling like he really needs to um, really push hard on owning the culture and bring in as much of, of what he knows as possible. Question for you, Matt. Are you a fan of when uh, uh, programs do this thing where, you know, the last guy, Jimmy Lake, was really good defensively but horrific offensively, one of the worst offenses we've ever seen, and then kind of overcorrecting and getting an offensive coach as their next head coach? Are you a fan of when programs do that, or do you not care? Um, I'm far more a fan of, of programs getting – leaning into what they've been good at and what their um, current roster can do, but but more about where their recruiting base is and right now everything about football um, is about offense and is about seven-on-seven seven and skill positions and everything like that. So, um, And frankly, it's what the Pac-12 is. <laughs> you just you yeah. don't. This isn't about building the biggest offensive line and everything like that. And if we're being honest, moving like just pulling a full g5 philosophy up to the pac-12 just won the conference this year so um <laughs> like that maybe it'll work <laughs> maybe washington can do it a little quicker than 10 years <laughs> yeah we'll see they have the talent to do it quicker than 10 years so it'll yeah. be interesting to see i think with uh, a big pitfall g5 coaches have when they move up to p5 is uh relying too heavily on the guys that they came up with you know I think they show a little too much loyalty a lot and it causes problems. Like you have to, I I, I wish he had, I wish Kalen DeBoer had branched out a bit more with the staff and gone with more guys outside of his own circle, like immediate circle of Fresno State guys. Like it's just, it's a risk to me. Like these guys could be really good, but it fails enough that I'm scared. Doesn't mean he's going to fail for sure. But uh, I am a little concerned. Still think it's a good hire overall for them because when you've got a guy like Sam Heward, makes perfect sense to bring in quarterback whisperer, great offensive coach, Kalen DeBoer. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Chances are they'll have a coordinator fired in the next few years because that's just how college that's football how goes, works. Yeah. So if it doesn't work, they'll fire whoever mm-hmm. they think is to blame. We'll see. All right, let's go on to our next segment here. We're about to flip the calendar into 2022, so we thought we'd play a little game of New Year's resolutions. We're going to team by team here, and we're going to make each team a New Year's resolution heading into 2022. Matt, you're up first with Arizona. Uh, My New Year's resolution for Arizona is quite simply win more than one game. This can be the spring game. This can be a scrimmage on uh, as we go into fall camp. I win more than one game, baby. Let's do this. That's a that's a good resolution. Do you think? Uh, do you think they? You think? I mean, I mean, going more going better than one and eleven shouldn't be easy. But do you think they improve from this past year? I mean, I was pretty certain of that happening this year, and I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, I I don't think that anybody else in the Pac-12 is getting astronomically better, so there's no reason to think 
that they they shouldn't be able to be better this year. I assume they play Cal again. I mean, is Cal going to be stricken with COVID again? I probably I don't not. Know. I don't know, but they play Colorado, <laughs> so I think they won't be the worst team in the South, at least. <laughs> we'll see. Okay, I have Arizona State next, and my resolution for Arizona State going into 2022 is fire Herm Edwards. Get rid of him. Your program's not going to accomplish anything as long as he's the head coach. Um, I He ruined Jaden Daniels. He has not lived up to any expectations. I quite frankly don't understand why he's still there with all the NCAA violations. So uh, please find a way to fire Herm Edwards. Thank you. Do you think, uh, do you think they actually, what do you think, what do you think it's going to take for Arizona State to fire Herm Edwards by December of Probably a losing season. Yeah. You think he has to go five or seven? I think, I think a six and six could do it too. Yeah. I don't know. Six and seven six, and five might do it. S- seven and five, unless they get like a win over a good opponent. Seven and five with no good wins could do it. Like too, if they yeah. get an upset over a ranked team in the conference. Uh, yeah they might just blame the bad record uh, if, on yeah the transfers. if it happens late in the season yeah if it happens late in the season then i could see that yeah he I should mean, be fired anyway what what do you know no, <laughs> yeah. what gets him fired sh- like I, he should be fired he has well earned it this is all about not i'm just saying like i i think he could go like nine and three next year and it, this is all about whether or not um his agent is no longer the athletic director like it's yeah. is it just it's gonna take the person to pull the trigger, and I don't think it has anything to do with his performance next year. Yeah, well, if his performance is bad enough, I think the angry mob will. Yeah, I think <laughs> force like their at a certain hand. point. Yeah, like a five and seven season, I cannot imagine he survives, even with Ray Anderson be, as the AD. I don't know. Do they have, have boosters bad. that will threaten to kill the AD? <laughs> like, what's their booster Probably. situation down there like? It's not. It's not like UCLA or no. USC or Stanford or th- things like that. Um, I don't know. I mean, their their non conference isn't bad. They play Northern Arizona, Oklahoma State, tough one at uh in Stillwater, and then they play Eastern Michigan. Um, so they host Utah, UCLA, Oregon State, and Arizona. So three of those four figure to be good teams. Yeah, I don't they know. don't have yeah. to play in the graveyard. So who knows what could happen? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, first time <laughs> in like five years. <laughs> uh, I'm next, I guess. Um. I've got UCLA. Uh, my New Year's resolution for UCLA, just get more talent. Um, this has been the biggest issue with UCLA for a while, and um, it's it certainly reared its head. Um, they kind of got it got masked a little bit by an eight and four season and a strong finish to 2021, just because they played lesser opponents. But uh, UCLA was pretty limited in what they could do, you know, talent wise, like. I don't know. There's going to be a lot of gripes from UCLA fans about the defensive schemes and the defensive coordinator, Jerry Asnaro, Um, And, you know, just kind of uh, like having guys sag off, having them play too tight. Like all of that, I think more than any, more than the schemes, they just have to up their talent level. It seems like they've done that in the early signing day a little bit. Um, they're going to really rely heavily on transfers again. Um, they better hope that pans out like it has before. But my New Year's resolution is just, just get just have better guys just like get better talent please that's all i'm asking for it's all i'm asking for for chip kelly um i think ucla is probably guaranteed a seven and five eight there's they're guaranteed a 75 season next year i think it's more likely they go eight and four they could go ten and two if they really wanted to and they got some guys who could play (laughs) i think that's a bit optimistic 
I think. I think I think the schedule allows for it. I think it totally allows for it. Schedule allowed for three teams in the South to go ten and two this season, and that sure sure didn't I think, happen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that's true. Yeah, We're gonna do it again. UCLA has got at least two losses, and uh, I will be surprised if they don't pick up two more. You know. Yeah, I mean UCLA is well coached. It's just can they get now? <laughs> they are well coached. Okay, that defensive uh, uh, coordinator is not a good coach. I can't I think they've been okay. What, what what about them? Because like I feel as, like I Jerry has an arrow. I just one. said it. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't think I like as a pure, and I've been pretty consistent about this as like a pure, pure like football coaching from a football coaching perspective. That was a top twenty offense. Defensively, they were bad, and that was entirely because of personnel and roster management. Always been the issue with Kip Kelly. That's just always like even in the NFL, Sounds that like was the thing that sunk to him. Me. How is yeah, 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 for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. I hate Chip Kelly, uh, the, the, but again, like I've been pretty consistent. Roster management has been his biggest issue. That's yeah, big I part mean, of the job. Definitely is his biggest issue. I, yeah, yeah. All right, uh, I got I got USC, um, and uh, I want USC. This, this, I'm sorry, we need to go back. Okay. To this. this is why we drink while while recording yes. this podcast. Holy to no. get Carlos's okay. Where? Okay, be 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 clear, I Matt. I can't get where, over this. Articulate how UCLA was poorly coached this year. Remember that time when they had like three offsides in the same drive, and Oregon <laughs> yeah, scored because yeah, of it. Yeah, That's a that personnel a, issue. Yes. Yeah. That was quite. That, I mean, <laughs> look, it was the same. It was the same. It was the same. You, we talked about this. It was the same guy. It was Quentin Lake. No, there was one times. that wasn't him. Was there? Okay. Yeah. I mean, the same. The but one where then, you're talking about. I don't even remember what week this was. Like where he kind of like just like was offsides was because like yeah, he, it was against Oregon and he just like lined up in the wrong place. Um, that was back to back, and that was Quentin Lake. Um, it. It happened twice. That seems so, like mean, something that a coach should fix, though, no? Yeah, okay. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it all falls on the coaches. It should all fall on the coaches, and so does roster management. And I think that's been the bigger issue, more so than, Yeah, well, you that's know. definitely a bigger issue. I just don't think they are also particularly But how does, good. Decently how does well more coached. talent help them avoid those issues, like jumping off sides? Yeah, are I mean, maybe it doesn't. players less likely to but do I think, that? But those things were less backbreaking, I think, than, yes. you know, just getting beat in the passing game one-on-one. Uh, yeah, yeah that's true that's true yeah. okay i'll allow it this also like just because chip kelly's a top half coach in the conference does not make him a good coach didn't say he was a good not coach make... okay. didn't say that i said they were oh. reasonably well coached this no, year you said they are good football I think, coaches i think carlos i think carlos wants the thing that usc does where they get a lot of talent and then they magically win games that way <laughs> You see, yeah, he's no, the fourth yeah. best recruiter in the conference, like year over year over the fi- last five years. Like you can't, th- there's no reason that they shouldn't be finishing second in the South every year. There's no reason for it. Uh, the reason is, yeah, that yeah. I mean, now, I, I would like, say this isn't even a roster management issue. Well, I think the first, are we gonna have a UCLA discussion? The first Let's two, the first it, two years, the bamboo is busted. No, totally. <laughs> I, I agree, and that and that right there is why I don't think this is why I hate Chip Kelly. I think his roster management is horrible, but. Uh, it was a personal issue, and the personal issues are his fault because he came in and gutted the roster from 85 scholarship players to 50. That was him. <laughs> he chose to make that decision. It wasn't like, weirdo. yeah, and it wasn't as if, like, you know, people always kind of uh, say, you know, the national media love, love to defend Chip Kelly and say, wow, he had to rebuild that roster. There was only 50 scholarship players when he got in, or 47, I think, was the was the actual number. How can you expect him to win that? He gutted half of the roster. 
Like he he told them to get out. So that he that's lowered on him. expectations for himself by a lot. Yes, yes totally. Genius. And like <laughs> this year, penalties were not a huge issue. Those dumb offsides, not a consistent issue. Um, I don't think that UCLA was like the play calling got vanilla sometimes, but like it wasn't egregious. It was just that guys were beating UCLA's DBs straight up or um, UCLA had to sag off 15 yards and then they gave up a ton of yards there. So they just, they were hamstrung by the roster that they created. So if they had like 30% better talent, I think they are 10 and two this year. I don't see why that's crazy to say. Well, it's mostly you saying yeah, that. Okay. So <laughs> that's a good start. Okay. All right. All right. Fine. We should go out to USC. Yeah. All right. So I got USC. Uh, I want them to care about the entire season. That's what I want from them this next year. When was the last time USC had a year where it like felt like they were fully engaged throughout the whole thing? I guess there was 2020 because they didn't lose until the Pac-12 championship game, but that year doesn't count because... Also, it didn't feel like they were engaged that year either. Well, yeah, they were just engaged, but everyone else sucked and had COVID, so whatever. It just there's There's been so much apathy every single year at some point, except for like 2016. Sin- basically, in the Pac-12 era, it's just been a lot of, we don't really care because they're not competing for national titles, so why care? I don't expect uh, I don't expect Lincoln Riley to win the conference in year one, but I want him to improve the culture. I don't want to be, get eight weeks into the season and have everyone thinking, oh well, this season doesn't really matter because once Lincoln gets his guys, they'll be dominant. And like maybe that's true. It probably is true, but uh, I will like them a lot more if I don't feel like they're coasting. Yeah, that's the thing you've always expected from USC: is the, can their guys can they get someone who's going to get guys up mm-hmm. really for games every game. Oh, I'm supposed to be doing Utah right now? I'm sorry. Yes. I thought we yeah, were going to be... Um, my bad. <laughs> doing a great job of paying attention on this podcast. Um, man, New Year's resolution for Utah is tough. Um, I I really want to just lean towards like actually start building the Kyle Whittingham statue this year is probably, mm. probably really the only resolution that needs to be done. Um, there's plenty of jokes to be made that are highly inappropriate, so I won't make them. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I don't know, like, don't, don't get ran by Ohio state on, on new year's day. Um, kick the shit out of a reeling Florida. That'd be cool. Actually be like a breadwinner for the conference overall since, and, and pull an Oregon this next year, uh, where you get ranked at number three when you probably don't actually deserve it all season long because of your opening season win. Uh... But... How about make uh, Kyle Whittingham the special teams coordinator again? Oh, oh my that's good. Yes, I think that's already that. in that the good. works. It has to be. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. For everyone that doesn't yeah, actually, know. Okay, no, that's that's what that's what the resolution is. Simply never punt. <laughs> yeah, if you punt, if or you make must punt, camerizing punt. Make camerizing punt. Yeah. Nope, simply don't do okay. it. I mean, I, I can get on board with that as well. <laughs> yeah, we've we've dried up our luck with um, Australian punters, punters from yeah. Australia and New Zealand, so... We just have to stop punting. Mm-hmm. Forever. It's over. Reject tradition. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I have Washington, and my New Year's resolution as a joke is don't lose to an FCS team this year, but the FCS team they're playing is Portland State, so uh, they that's not a good FCS team, but that would be really fucking funny if they lost to them. Anyways, my real resolution for Washington is be the second best team in the North, um, which is kind of like a 
I don't want to say a tall task. I don't want to say it's a tall task because everyone fucking sucks in this conference. Well, like Washington State hasn't been bad, but also they're not supposed. I feel like they're not supposed to be the second best team in the North. It doesn't feel right. So that's my resolution for Washington: is actually have some Pac-12 North implications going into the game against Oregon in week. It's a like it's like November twelfth or something. It's uh yeah November twelfth. That's the that's their third to last game of the season. Yeah, be be in running for the north. I don't expect you to win it, but like be around there. You know, have one of the possibilities of winning. You know, mm-hmm. that's my that's resolution. a good one. Being I think second in the north is a very good goal for Washington. It's doable, but it's not like overly complacent. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I've got Oregon here. Uh, my New Year's resolution for Oregon, develop a quarterback. Um, any any one of them. I think they have, do they have Bo Nix now? Uh, the yeah. transfer from Auburn? Uh, people are kind of clowning that and uh, thinking that he might take Ty Thompson's spot. But uh, just get a quarterback who can reasonably run it. Like, the, the quarterback does not need to be, like, top two in the conference. They just need to be top five in the conference which i don't think will be hard given what the quarterback talent looks like this coming year maybe it might be better just because tanner mckee is getting better cam rising is going to get better um Jaden daniels might be getting better i don't know um but still i think <laughs> i think no top, reason to believe that we've only no seen reason regression um may but, not regress <laughs> but uh but develop a quarterback because i think that's the thing that hung that kind of hamstrung them this year um and that's going to be a task for the inexperienced Kenny Dillingham, their offensive coordinator, but they, they should be able to do it. Um, I don't know. There's no reason they can't. They have the talent on the roster. Maybe Bo Nix was just coming out of a bad situation. Maybe Ty Thompson has needed the year to get bigger and stronger and to be able to withstand some of the hits that they were afraid of. But they need to develop a quarterback. That needs to be priority number one for them probably. So that's my New Year's resolution for them. Greg, you've got Washington State. Um, With Washington State... It was kind of hard. I feel like I have to get pretty nitpicky because it was a, you know, they finished second in the North, right? Yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, they finished third behind Oregon State. I no, because no, they had they the tiebreaker on Oregon State. Yeah. Okay. Oh, wait, yeah, no, no, they, they finished, finished a game second. ahead of Oregon State because yeah. if Oregon State had won, it oh, would have been a three-way yeah. tie. Yeah, so, yeah, they, uh, they finished second in the North, and obviously I don't expect better. I don't even expect that from them this year. Uh, so I'm just going to say get less turnover reliant defensively. I get that it's not just luck that made them get so many turnovers. Like they're trying harder to do that than maybe anyone else in the conference. But at the same time, luck was still a big factor. Like forcing fumbles is good, but I feel like they recovered an absurd amount of those fumbles. And, uh, it's hard to force that many turnovers and for that to be your only defense. It's, you know, it's scary. I know expecting great defense from Washington State is unrealistic, but I just didn't have anything else that I could think of for them to improve on. So great season for them. I would have said finish top three in the North, but they already did that. Not having, how about not having Garantano be your number two? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, improve it back a quarterback a would be a good one. Wow. Yeah. Like, don't allow him to touch a leather oblong-shaped uh, object. Yeah, don't even let him near the practice squad. Like, Ugh. yeah, he's bad. He's bad. I feel so terrible saying that about him. I maintain oh my, my position that uh, 
bad coaches in the Pac-12, like Herm Edwards deserves this. Because of what he's done to Jaden Daniels, he deserves to be put in uh, Garantanamo Bay, which is force <laughs> force him to start Jarrett Garantano. And yes, that's his punishment. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible punishment. Okay, I have Oregon State, and this is very predictable, what I'm about to say. Never throw the ball. Don't <laughs> throw the ball. Yeah. Stop. Don't do it. Chance Nolan, I'm sure you're a nice guy. Please don't throw the ball more than 20 times a game. You're killing me. Also, defense. Figure out what's going on in the defense. That was by far the worst part of their game. It's why they lost a lot of games on the road. Absolutely horrific to watch. They got a new defensive coordinator, and I'm really excited to see if they are able to consistently play defense because we did not see that outside of Avery Roberts this year. So please, Oregon State, uh, tackle someone. I like uh, I like how throwing less is like a true New Year's resolution. It's like exercise more, drink more water, <laughs> uh, eat less sugar, eat throw less f- junk food, throw yep. fewer passes. <laughs> it's a good one. Passing and Jonathan sugar. Smith. It might. It's going to be hard for Jonathan Smith too. Just like uh, try to, to exercise more. He wants to he wants so, to so bad. bad until he, he gets a sugar. quarterback. He needs to. He needs to keep well, that sweet tooth thing. in check. Chance, Chance Nolan, I think, is a lot better at the whole 20 passes a game thing that yeah. a lot of quarterbacks in the conference would be. But mm-hmm. don't do more. Don't rely yeah. on him to win games for you, please. Chance Nolan is Ugh. a game manager. Yeah. Uh, he can make he can make deep throws sometimes, yeah. especially if they're reasonably open. Yeah, he can um, make the throws, but you don't want to rely on him making the no. throws. No. Yeah. I- I can fix all of the passing problems with this simple trick, though. Simply show up at home for awake scheduled games. Ah. Show up on time, do your warm-ups, yes. and just be be utterly confused at why the other team has Refuse to play away games. That's a good idea. The Pac-12 won't only schedule them at home, and so Oregon Oregon State needs to take matters into their own hands. I like take that. Take a stand man. against this tyranny. Mm-hmm. Fixes everything. Um, okay, so I have Stanford, and, and the answer here is pretty simple. Not a damn thing, baby. Don't change a thing. Be competent. Love the process. Love the res- We are not a results-driven business here. This, here in college football, we care about the process, and the process is good and has always been good, so don't change a damn thing, baby. Uh, don't listen to Matt Stanford. Fire one, just one person. I don't care which one, <laughs> but fire one. They have not, they will, like, they have not fired GA and interns. Like, Tavita Pritchard has been there for years. Like, they've had a dog shit offense for I don't know how long. Buddy, fire one guy. Can they? I'm, don't even fire David Shaw. David Shaw, buddy, fire one, just one of your guys. Just one, please. Well, the problem here is he's got to decide which one to fire and we know he's not very good at making decisions <laughs> we've seen that in game i can't we can't expect because there's so many to choose from you know like you <laughs> could might fire call a timeout the defensive instead. coordinator <laughs> he could fire the offensive coordinator he could fire the defensive line coach there's so many options <laughs> so just do a colorado to fire uh... the offensive line guy <laughs> <laughs> or sacrifice him yes speaking sacrifice of, someone speaking of colorado greg yeah all right so uh I uh, for Colorado, my resolution for them is uh, kill Colorado yardage watch. Now, as as an avid Colorado football enjoyer, I don't want them to do this because I enjoy Colorado yardage watch thoroughly. But as someone making New Year's resolutions for them, it's the obvious choice. I'm not expecting uh, sudden competence 
uh, but there were plenty of incompetent teams in the conference this year, and we didn't have uh, bits for watching how many yards they got each game. Except you know? Washington. I guess we did, but it was less often. You know, like Colorado Yardage Watch was a staple every week. But uh, Washington, it was like in weeks two through four, we did it. Uh, I just want Colorado to have a pulse. Like, you don't even have to be good at it. Just don't be historically bad. And this is all a long way of saying car- fire Carl Durrell, but uh, I don't think that's going to happen. So, Not yeah. going to lie. When you started talking, I thought you were legitimately going to suggest that they kill a person on their coaching If they staff. sacrifice <laughs> Carl Durrell, that would be a lot of power generated. And then if they hire a good coach, I think they'd win the South. But uh, <laughs> they're not going to do that, sadly. I was I was defending Carl Durrell, but then I saw his offensive coordinator hire, Mike Sanford, uh, who's at Minnesota and just kind of been bouncing around. God, what a fucking underwhelming offensive coordinator hire. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm concerned. I'm so concerned now for Carl Durrell. Buddy, what are you doing? You had 20 years to learn this stuff. Um, terrible stuff. Uh, I have Cal. Um, mine for Cal is just don't be humiliating on offense. Uh, they actually... We're not humiliating on offense this year. If you watch their games, like mm-hmm. they they were actually at the second half of the season, not bad. Um, first half of the season, it was it was actually not bad either, but it was much more inconsistent. And they'd have a really really good game or two really good offensive games, and the defense got to be dog shit. And I'm just gonna hope that this was just like weird COVID leftover stuff because no one has really been impacted by COVID more than Cal has. Um, but I'm. I just think if they're gonna go back to what they were, um, just don't be humiliating on offense. Now that might be a hard New Year's resolution, just because they don't have a quarterback on roster. I mean, they do have quarterbacks on roster, but none that are starting level. Like they might have the worst quarterback situation going into 2022, unless Colorado. they. Yeah, I mean, I might put. I mean, I might. I might put Cal's below Colorado. Like, I don't know who they have behind. And they haven't recruited one out of high school. Yeah, I guess. They better Isn't there pray. smoke about Ethan Garber's going there, though? Oh, really? No. <laughs> no I haven't heard of this. I heard smoke. I heard smoke about it somewhere. That would be Maybe oh, it was podcast. Incredible, incredible journalism. Pac-12 Once again. Here we are. <laughs> Starting rumors. <laughs> Suddenly, we're going to see Ethan Garber's to that UCLA confirmed. And it's possible just because of Dylan Gabriel going to UCLA. Is Dylan Gabriel? I don't. He's a truck stop player. So is he any good? Yes, <laughs> yes, he is good. He's yeah, good. He you is. think he could? Do you think, based on what you saw out of Ethan Garbers against Utah, do you think he could beat out Ethan Garbers? I, oh, G- Dylan I think so. Gabriel definitely, definitely could, and he should be the favorite. But Ethan Garbers wow. looked good, so I wouldn't be that shocked if Garbers got the job. But it would okay. be surprising, and Nationals would be absolutely like dumbfounded if it happened because Dylan Gabriel is really good. Okay, All right? Maybe, maybe Matt. UCLA's got right. a good QB room. Yeah, uh, Justin Martin. Oh, that's, him that's, too. That's yeah. his name. Yeah, he's he's a he was a highly touted recruit coming out of high school. So that'll be interesting. And who knows? Maybe DTR comes back next year, which I don't think he is. Yeah. Um, but oh, I hope so. It, that would be funny. Oh, that would be man. awesome. Be Dylan Gabriel and Ethan Garber sitting behind DTR. Although Dylan Gabriel might beat DTR. That's interesting. Okay. I mean, DTR was great this year. I think Dylan Gabriel is a more consistent passer. I don't know that he has the ceiling that DTR does, but DTR does have some misses. And even this year when he was not making the horrible mistakes, he would still miss open guys sometimes. Sure. Dylan Gabriel does less of that. Interesting. 
Okay. Well, all right. We're almost done here. But before we go, let's do our final game predictions of the season. First game coming up this week, UCLA and number 18 NC State play in the Holiday Bowl on Tuesday. So when this comes out, 5 p.m. Pacific, NC State is a one and a half point favorite. Carlos, who wins, who covers? Uh, I think it should be NC State. I think it might be NC State by a lot. This is the best team that, uh, aside from maybe Utah, pro- definitely Utah, and maybe Oregon, the best team that UCLA plays this year, and they got completely smacked by both of those teams. Uh, UCLA is missing some guys. Uh, on uh, Antonio Maffi, who's an offensive lineman, maybe I think a couple couple defensive guys starters who are missing this game due to COVID. Um, but this game reportedly still on to happen, um, so it's going. So that's a win. But um, yeah, I think I think UCLA UCLA loses this one by two touchdowns. I don't know much about North Carolina State because truck stops, but uh, I'm hearing they hear here they have a good defense. Here they have like a decent quarterback and a good passing game. Two things I think that could make UCLA struggle. Yeah, UCLA has looked really bad against every decent opponent they've played, so give me NC State to win and cover. I uh, also am going to pick NC State to win and cover comfortably. Uh, they're they're good, and UCLA's not good. And I think NC State's quarterback's Devin Leary, right? I'm not getting them mixed up with another. I think you're thinking of the actor. No. I'm, is there an actor named Devin? No, yeah, Devin Leary is NC State's quarterback, and he's good. Yeah. Dan Levy is the actor you're probably thinking of. Uh, no, I was thinking of Dennis Leary. Mm. Ah. Oh, wow, we have a lot of confusion. <laughs> yeah, Devin Leary is good. UCLA's DBs you're are accountants. Of Devin and... Lloyd. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. That's the that's the that's the Utah linebacker. No, you're he's a defensive. Of, uh, Christopher Lloyd. Lo- <laughs> uh, I thought he was a wide Christopher receiver. Christopher Lloyd. Uh, but um. NC State's going to win and cover comfortably. Sorry, UCLA. Uh, I, ashamed in all of you. Um, fear it. Rum from it. Pac-12 supremacy. UCLA by 100. My goodness. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. He's doing this because he knows we're not counting this anymore. <laughs> no, we are. Just Count like, it. I don't care. Right. <laughs> Y'all can't catch me. I'm invincible. <laughs> I've been invincible for like three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> on Wednesday at 6.15 p.m. Pacific, it's Alamo Bowl, number 14. Oregon takes on number 16, Oklahoma, in the interim coach bowl. Oklahoma's a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Greg, who wins? Who covers? Um, Oklahoma has a quarterback, and I guess Bob Stoops is a solid interim, so I'm going to pick them to win and cover. And that isn't even mentioning the Pac-12 runner-up curse. Those guys haven't ever won a bowl game. Don't expect that to start this year. Oklahoma, comfortably. Yeah, I'm a strong believer in curses, and I know this is a year that a lot of streaks and curses have broken. This curse isn't going to break. It's too strong. Too much power here. Uh, I have very little hope in Oregon. I do think that Oregon's going to have a lead in the first half, and everyone's going to be like, oh my gosh. Uh, And then it's going to go to dog shit in the second half. I can see it happening already. So uh, Oklahoma is going to cover. Oregon by 100. Oklahoma does not have the line play that they normally do. Hey, that's that's fair. That's true. And that's what's killed Oregon. Oregon just Oregon by 100. They also don't have a staff. I'll see your line play and uh, raise you an Anthony Brown. Uh, (laughs) Oregon is still by 100. Oregon still has Anthony Brown as quarterback, and as long as that's the case, I don't expect them to be able to put any points against good Who's teams. Who's coaching? 
uh, McClendon, right? Brian McClendon? Uh, sure. I don't know. Literally never heard of him. <laughs> Maybe he'll be smart is enough he the to tiny linebacker? Is, I thought he was the wide receivers coach. I, is he the tiny OL coach? No, he's the receiver. Mirabel was the O-line coach. Oh, yeah. Mirabel and Cristobal. He went with Cristobal to Miami. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, yeah, I, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna take Oklahoma, and I think they cover, I think Oregon might get blown out, Pac-12 championship game, runner-up, always loses their bowl game, I think they are now 0-10, um, didn't get, didn't get to play this one, play, the Pac-12 runner-up did not get to play in the bowl game last year, that was USC, yeah, I think it's, I think Oklahoma wins by a lot. We will see. Thursday at 7.30 p.m. Pacific, it's the new Las Vegas Bowl. Arizona State takes on Wisconsin at Allegiant Stadium, the worst stadium in the NFL, in my opinion. Wisconsin is a six-and-a-half-point <laughs> favorite. Matt, who wins, who covers? Yeah, the fighting Jaden Daniels by 100. Let's do it. <laughs> my goodness, this, he's going back off the down game. the line. This is the game that gets us hyped up and gives everyone hope for Jaden Daniels. Uh, truly showing out Heisman hopeful um, all for it to go to shit in week three of next year that's okay Matt stop reading my notes oh my gosh I think the Arizona State's gonna win this game and it's gonna give Arizona State fans all this false hope about everything's fixed and saved and they're just gonna fall down again next season and it's gonna be absolutely delicious to watch so give me Arizona State to win and cover uh, I'm picking Wisconsin. Um, Wisconsin has apparently, allegedly, I don't watch truck stop football, <laughs> been better as the season has gone on. Arizona State, I think, has gone worse. I think ever since that Utah halftime game, they have uh, completely faltered and they have mostly looked not good. Now, I know they had some wins and they won, I guess, kind of big. Those were against some horrific teams. Uh, Arizona State mostly looked very anemic. They did not look dominant and clean the way they had uh, they had earlier in the season. Every single game was a goddamn slog, whether they won by three or by twenty. So, um, yeah, I think Wisconsin. I think they definitely cover six and a half points. Uh, they may win by two touchdowns, honestly. So yeah, give me Wisconsin. Yeah, I think uh, I think Wisconsin's gonna beat the shit out of Arizona State. Um, Arizona State hasn't cared for weeks. We've known this. Uh, and Wisconsin. Exactly. They've been practicing for a bowl game for weeks. <laughs> Wisconsin's <laughs> entire matter. identity as a team is we're just going to care harder than you, and that's how we'll win. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, I think I think Wisconsin's going to – it's not going to be close at halftime. You're deeply underestimating what folks from Madison, Wisconsin can do in Vegas. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're going to – Who's going to – Who's going to drink more? <laughs> Who's going to drink more? Arizona State fans or Wisconsin fans? Arizona oh State gosh. fans oh will drink gosh. more of the hard stuff, but like in Wisconsin terms of fans volume, are all over the beer. Yeah, all over exactly. The beer. No, yeah, Arizona State fans are going to uh, pass out because they're, they're like, <laughs> this, like the Wisconsin fans are going to be 80 beers deep looking at them just like bitch made. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> shouldn't have drank that whole bottle as a kid, are you moron? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so on Friday, New Year's Eve, Washington State is now taking on Central Michigan in the Tony Tiger Sun Bowl in El Paso at 9 a.m. Pacific. Uh, I don't think we know the spread for this game. Uh, Probably was by a lot. Oh, that's right. Yeah, probably. My guess is 16. You just pull that out of your ass? Yeah. I think the spread will be closer than that. Probably. No, it'll be like seven and a half. You think so? Yeah, yeah no way right. they do a bowl game mm-hmm. spread that far 
it's probably like 10. Yeah. Um, I don't know what it is. If it's if it's actually, I'm gonna go with 16 degrees uh, <laughs> spread here. Yeah, I'm say you Washington know me, State. master <laughs> master gambler here. Yes. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna say Washington State does not cover 16, but I do think they should beat the hell out of Central Michigan. I don't know. I think that was about Washington State sometimes, and I'm like, oh my god, what are they doing? I'm gonna say I'm gonna say they're energized by Jake Dicker. I think he's uh, I think he wants to get this team going. El Paso people always kind of knock being in El Paso for New Year's Eve. It seems like a cool city. I really want to be there for New Year's Eve. That'd be fun. Um, so yeah, I think they win. I don't think they cover a 16 point spread. I think they, but they think they get close. I think they could win by two touchdowns. This is a this is a mid major truck stop. So I don't see why not. I'm trying to find the spread because I'm for sure that it's not 16, and I know I'm going to get made fun of on Twitter for saying that. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense to me. Like, I, I think, think Washington State could win by two touchdowns. I think they'll win by, like, 10, probably. I yeah, ho- be... hopefully they win by 10. Mm-hmm. It would be really disappointing if they... We might get a bad Jaden Delara game, though, so... You never know. Uh, I definitely think that... Wazoo is going to win. I don't know what the spread is, but I assume they'll win by at least two scores. Yeah, we're definitely going Wazoo by 100. She only answer here. Good. Naturally. Okay. And finally, the granddaddy of them all on New Year's Day at 2 p.m. Pacific, as tradition dictates. Number 11, Utah travels to Pasadena to play Ohio State. The Buckeyes are six and a half point favorite. Greg, who wins? Who covers? I think it's going to be a really entertaining game. I think it's going to be close. Um, and apparently, Olave, Wilson, Haskell Garrett, and Petit Frere are all going to be opting out of the game, and that's very big for utah because those guys are such bullshit (laughs) those guys are all really good players and utah can also do a lot of the same things michigan did to beat uh to beat ohio state that being said even with those guys not playing ohio state still has maybe the best offense in the country even without them and uh because of that i think they'll i think they'll just be able to hold utah off i think they'll win by like a touchdown yeah, to be honest, and I know I'm going to sound like a G5 poverty fan here. I'm just happy for the experience. Exactly. I'm happy I'm to be there. I'm just glad to yeah. be there. I'm praying to all 80 football gods that this game does not get canceled because of COVID. Please. I am scared about it. There's a lot of people without masks at Disneyland today, and I'm stressed out. If it gets canceled, that would be honestly the worst and funniest thing to ever happen because Utah Twitter would be hilarious. Anyways, <laughs> happy to be here. Thank you for the opportunity, Ohio State. Sticking with tradition, um, Utah by a lot. Go Utes. Yeah, I my entire like reason for watching this game, um, specifically being there live, was that I wanted to see Olave and um, CP3 go at it, and nobody knows who CP3 is. <laughs> um, Clark Phillips the third go at it uh, on. Um, still the highest. Ohio State is, is he still the highest rated recruit in uh, Utah history? He yeah. Is. Yeah. Yep, and a flip from Ohio State. It was just it was going to be a really good matchup, and so I'm really I mean, sad. It's that still going to be a good matchup to see that. Your mom's going to be a really good matchup. Oh. Um, I just Burn. was really excited oh, no. to see that specifically. Um, so very sad about that. Um, and I, uh, yeah, 
I'm gonna have a lot of fun. I predict many tacos eaten by me. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, uh, Utah by a hundred. <laughs> I'm gonna be close. This is interesting. Ohio State. This might be in a who does Ohio State really want to be here situation, and that might benefit Utah. Utah loves those um, New Year's Six polls. Utah Give us all the we don't want to be them. here New Year's Six polls. <laughs> Please. Them. And if it comes down to Utah non-Pac-12 uh, championship runner-up, Utah. Utah is the most Wisconsin motherfucking team in the well, Pac-12, yeah, but Ohio which State is just like beats the shit out of Wisconsin every and year. That's, that's true. Yeah, but Ohio that's State true. like cares during that. That's time a good point. The they season. cared in those games. Those, yeah, those are Big Ten championship games. Utah's entire brand is we just care a lot, and <laughs> we're gonna be we're gonna try to win by caring a lot. <laughs> we're gonna just um, have that power of caring. <laughs> mm-hmm. In the fourth quarter, when Ohio State is wondering. Utah will be like, ah, oh, I care. And then that will push us <laughs> to the win. Ohio State that have to be like, guys, do we care about this actually? Yeah. Do we want to be here? All the two stars Utah's on like, Utah's we really sidelines be here. are going to hold hands and just <laughs> yes. It'll be a nice, nice moment. Yeah. <laughs> Ohio State missing a lot of guys. This is Utah Super Bowl. Give me Utah. I think they're going to win. Um, I think it's going to be a fun game. This is going to be a good test for the Pac-12. Good test for Utah. Yeah, give me Utah. Uh, if this game does get canceled, I think Utah fans are going to go Alex Jones level conspiracy <laughs> shit. Like, yeah, holy it's shit. It's going to be so bad. <laughs> they will talk so much about how violent and disgusting LA is um, as a city. It will be, they, they will, oh. there will be, every Utah it will fan be will peak. instantly, every Utah fan that's not already will instantly become a COVID denier. I will. Oh, easy. It, it's going to be actually, the largest like, KKK collection of people <laughs> ever. I'm going to tear my non-Utah listeners. card if it gets canceled. <laughs> yeah. No joke, though. Non-Utah listeners, you cannot underestimate how badly people in Utah hate the state of California. Oh, it's wild. Like, the people, the politics, the animals, everything. <laughs> everything that is bad, everything that has ever happened to them in their life it is the Republic of California's fault entirely. <laughs> and that is like, I am taming that down. Like, oh my gosh, if that happened, there would be an actual, like, this is how, this is how the next civil war actually starts. Yeah. They may attack California. <laughs> this I is what the Mormon battalion was for. <laughs> <laughs> Um, real quickly, all three of y'all are going to hopefully going to Pasadena to LA. What are you all doing on New Year's Eve? Because I always struggled with the Rose Bowl. It's like, what do you do on New Year's Eve before the actual Rose Bowl on New Year's Day? What do you all? Uh, oh, Carlos, doing? what are we doing on New Year's Eve? Yeah, where are you taking? Are, we, are we? Are we meeting up? <laughs> I don't think I'm gonna. Oh, if you all three are going, oh, that's a tough call. Uh, I'll think about it. I'll think about what it. You mean that's a tough call? Don't act like you have not online friends. Shut up. At like the very least, food. on Wednesday night, I will be stopping at uh, Tacos El Gordo in Vegas. Uh, I've been thinking about those tacos for weeks. You know, <laughs> yes. there's better tacos in LA, right? There, there is. I gotta, I gotta find. What I mean, the I can get tacos are. in LA too. Like, that's true. Honestly, you can do both. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you will eat more than once. Yes. Honestly, just tweet Carlos. You should put together like tacos recommendations in LA and tweet it from the No Truck Stops account. That is a fantastic. Yeah, I probably you can do other do that. other food ideas too. No, yeah, no, you, you don't need to though. But... What other food <laughs> is there? Damales. 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 Yes. Wait, Greg, who did you pick? What Ohio State? <laughs> oh fuck you! 
I'm sorry. <laughs> it's yeah. okay. You piece of shit. Washington yeah, State was the only non truck stop that I uh that I picked to win. Disgusting. Or cover. Sad. Sad. Okay, that will do it for us. We'll be back next week for our football season finale. But we'll keep dropping hoops episodes every Tuesday at 5 a.m. Probably we'll see which podcast host gets attacked by wild swine next. So come hang out with us as we talk shooty hoops. As for Carlos at Equity Bruin, Greg at Bananamorphs, and Matt at Matt Nyber, I'm Avery at Brave underscore Grapes. Enjoy the last football games of the season. Thanks for listening. And always remember, there are no truck stops here. Not even one. Still and thick with smoke, so thick it 